Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with part 7 of my uh, Golden State issue. This is the history of California immigration. Uh, I was supposed to be doing this over the weekend, but I did uh, catch a slight cold, so I decided uh, to get my rest on as opposed to just uh, to just forcing my body to do things and forcing my, my mind to do things when I really wasn't 100% there, when I really wasn't 100% feeling it. Uh, my work schedule for this week has changed uh, as normally, uh, well normally I would be off today, uh, but because of the holiday, because of Thanksgiving, uh, I will be going into work uh, tonight and actually uh, up until of course the day of so i will be off thanksgiving so uh the schedule will probably be modified especially for this earlier half of the week i will try to get in a weekend wrap-up for you guys tonight um i will not make any promises uh but if it does not if you do not get a re weekend wrap-up tonight uh you will definitely uh get a new top 25 in college football we have to talk about some things that happened there over the course of the weekend uh i will be uh updating uh the Trump saga as we go along for the course of the week. That is my my biggest goals. Um, and I also wanted to start a series on unpopular opinions. I'm going to be wrapping up this series on uh, California immigration pretty soon. I have one more episode to go. I'll be going, which is basically just an epilogue. Uh, and then finally, I'll be moving on to a new series of just unpopular opinions, whether they be historical, whether they be social, or whether they just be my opinion, something like, some, somewhere along those lines. I'll be coming out with one of those uh, later on this week. So I'll be, I'll be trying to do that once a week, give you guys an unpopular opinion, uh, one popular opinion uh, for the entire week. So we'll be doing that. So I'm working on some new things, uh, but like like I said, I was under under the weather for the past couple of days, so forgive me, uh, but I am back. My schedule is going to be a little bit different because of my working schedule, so my release schedule here is going to be a little bit different, but work with me. I will be keeping you guys, I will be doing my best to keep you guys motivated, sorry, <laughs> motivated. I'll be doing my best to keep you guys notified when an episode does drop. Okay, when it does happen, uh, like I said, it just be some. It'll be a little bit difficult this week. Uh, just most mostly, uh, just kind of touch and go in terms of how I feel in terms of recording. I know during the weekend I'll be having a, a period where I have three straight days off from work, so I'll be able to to, to give you guys some content there. Uh, just during the, the beginning part of this week, it's just gonna be a little bit of a of a grind for me. So uh, bear with me, but I am back. I'm here, uh, and today we'll be going over, like I said, part seven of my golden state issue so today uh well let's just take a, a brief backtrack to what we went over in uh part six uh basically went over uh the return of the uh the mexican population in california we also went over some more uh chinese uh immigrant history in california as well we talked some about the exclusionary acts we also talked about a little bit about the railroad and we built our way up to the 20th century uh now in the 20th century uh, at least the beginning parts of the 20th century uh, there were many laws on the on the books uh, that restricted non-white immigrant movement. So for a, a ton of years, uh, the, the populations, at least of the Asian community, would drop significantly, at least in terms of the number of people coming in. Uh, we also talked about uh, certain, uh, well, we also talked about things changing in terms of how people were classified, that being uh, in terms of the Mexican-American uh they were at one point in time, we talked about this last, well, last episode, uh, because of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he decided to uh, change their status uh, in the, um, excuse me, the U.S. Census Bureau to white. So again, uh, they get certain uh, uh, citizenship aspects. Uh, however, we will be breaking down, uh, well, in this episode, we'll be breaking down just a little bit of the Japanese experience because again, at this point in time, uh, we are going to go a little bit, we're going to skip past the um, the Great Depression because at this point in time, the exclusionary acts for, for at least the, the Asian immigrant group uh, kept their numbers down so they weren't necessarily uh, immigration was a little bit of a non-factor during uh, the, the the 
excuse me, the Great Depression, but it would pick up, of course, during World War II, and that put it well. That would create an interesting situation uh, with a very uh, prominent group of immigrants, especially on the West Coast, that being the, the Japanese American. But let's uh, give you guys. But let me give you guys a little bit of a background on World War II, uh, because of course, in this subject, in this uh, part, we'll be talking, of course, about the internment camps too, because of course, we're talking about how immigrants were affected and you know what their what their uh, places when all this is going on in history. Uh, now, during World War II, uh, Europe, uh, which included uh, Germany, France, Great Britain, etc., those guys, uh, they have been at war since the late 30s. Uh, the majority of fighting, of course, took places across uh, took place across the Atlantic in Europe uh, and also parts of Asia and North uh, North Africa. Now, however, on December the 7th, uh, in 1941, the Japanese would launch an attack on Pearl Harbor, Hawaii which would leave 2,000 people killed. Uh, now, again, I, I I think I will say this this conversation for another time if we can ever get to it, uh, but my personal feeling about this, especially because I know a little bit of history about how the U.S. and uh, how the U.S. got involved in World War I, um, in the beginning, both of these wars were something that we were not necessarily, uh, not especially as the american people not necessarily uh gung-ho about being involved in however there needed to be some type of terrorist attack to trigger that uh world war one it was the, sh uh, the sinking of the lusitania and also in uh world war ii it was the attack on pearl harbor uh if if i'm not mistaken like i said these are controversial events there is in my opinion some knowledge of these attacks being able to be prevented uh but they weren't because of it having a something a lot to do with you know bringing the u.s into these conflicts so especially with the losing the, the sinking of the lusitania i believe it was 1918 or something like that and also with the, the attacks on pearl harbor they're a little bit murky about how the history behind them and how they got pulled off because again uh history will show you that the u.s was very well very well aware of these attacks in these areas or at least uh, uh, aware of their occurrence and they kind of just let these attacks go off in order to create a uh, create an incense feeling amongst the american people to fight back or to be involved into the war because again in both world war one and uh, world war ii uh the u.s populace was uh neutral at best really they didn't want a whole lot to do with the war effort at least in the beginning uh so uh with that um now let's just uh, talk a little bit about the, J the japanese americans again because again that we're in a different time period uh now by federal law the immigration act of 1924 uh which restricted pretty much japanese and i would say asian immigration uh, and also the naturalization acts of the 18th century 18th and 19th century would basically exclude non-whites uh, they would also exclude uh, people of African descent and also Native Americans who lived on the plantation. So if you weren't black, if you weren't considered to be white, and if you were considered to be a Native American who lived uh, on their reservations, which is crazy, you were denied citizenship. This is this is crazy. Uh, again, it did, you you just living in America did not guarantee you citizenship. But then even even so, with the uh, the case of the African American, and even in some cases the Mexican American and even the Asian American, someone and so forth, when they were able to attain certain freedoms and certain rights, those rights would still be at various times denied or you know restricted. Because again, black people were citizens by you know the naturalization laws of the eighteen. Uh, late 1800s at uh, one point in time we were given citizenship of course we were released from the shackles of slavery but we were not given the same opportunities for a very long time as our white um you would say our white peers because not every white person was a part of their establishment not every white person was rich and owned a slave we got to remember you know a lot of us in terms of our development in terms of our mental development in terms of us not going to school that was all pretty much the same especially back then there was a lot of black people a lot of white people excuse me that were uneducated that were that weren't rich that were poor they didn't own slaves okay so we have to we have to account for that as well uh so there uh so there were restrictions despite being a citizen for all peoples there were tons of restrictions for non-white citizens so even citizenship uh in the early days did not mean a whole hell of a lot 
Okay, let's just be honest here. We already know about the history. I'm not going to get too deep into the past history because we already know about it. We talked about the lynching. We talked about the anti-vagrancy laws that affected both African-Americans and Mexican-Americans. We've already talked about that. Again, citizenship did not necessarily equate, equate excuse me, equal treatment in the, law, in the eyes of the law. So, uh, but for the Japanese, they were denied not only citizenship, they were denied not only the civil rights of a citizen, they weren't even denied, they weren't even given access to citizenship. Now, they had tried, there was a couple cases in which they would try to get citizenship, uh, but up until about 1965, uh, tons of people were not even allowed to gain uh, citizenship within this country. Uh, they started to let a lot of those restrictions uh, fall by the wayside. Of course, you have, there's, there's a whole citizenship process, uh, but people were being flat out again people were just being flat out denied citizenship regardless of their situation um now uh, again so not being a citizen gave the well did not give the, the japanese uh citizen uh, the right to vote they could not uh partake in public office of course and so what happens uh when uh the pearl harbors uh, the, the pearl harbor situation happens of course the u.s government is going to look towards all japanese as a threat so we already know the the attack was done by the japanese of course in japan uh the that was part of the axis. However, of course, uh, because of what the situation in America was going in, we have you know the pop, the, the communist spies, people who the spy. We had you know people who actually were spying on communists. Uh, so again, that fear would would uh, place itself amongst or against the Japanese community, and eventually. Uh, the U.S. government will feel the need to step in and create what we will call these interment camps uh, to uh, to monitor, in my opinion, or to or to t strip the Japanese again away from whatever sense of uh, citizenship he he may have thought he had. Again, we we're and again, I there for me. Um, because I know there's some iffy iffiness behind the Pearl Harbor attack. For me, when I'm looking back on this history. I feel like the internment camps were unnecessary. I feel like they were uh, egregious. I feel like they were, you know, the equivalent to what happened in Nazi Germany. Uh, this is what the the uh, the eyewitnesses say. The the experiences were the same. The experiences were not different. Uh, so again, I, I find it um, again it's, it's a way for America to to uh, promote the white homogeny. Uh, but we'll break some of this, uh, some of it down some more. Now, over the latter parts of the war, over 120,000 Japanese immigrants and citizens of the West Coast were forced, like I said, into the equivalent of uh, concentration camps. Concentration camps, excuse me. Now, the number of people uh, that was incarcerated in these areas were based on the population uh, and basically regional politics. Now, on the West Coast, the Japanese uh, basically made a population of 127 thousand uh, people and about 112,000 of those people were eventually uh, be locked away now in Hawaii however when the Japanese population was over 150k and of course probably some government in the, in the big uh, at least the, the, the political establishment there uh, probably was headed by some Japanese people uh, they were uh, they and again, the population in Hawaii was a third Japanese. So again, in that area, there were less uh, Chinese people, or there were less, excuse me, Japanese people locked away. But in the mainland, in the West Coast, uh, the, the good majority of that population was again locked away because again they had no political representation they had nobody to, to sit there and go back for them on a political level uh, they did not have a, a, a voting block of Japanese uh, congressmen who said oh we're going to step up for these people because again they were denied citizenship so they could not fight for that so when when a situation comes in and, and they decide they want to lock you up they're going to do that just like when the, 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 the white policeman or police in general want to shoot the black man but a black man doesn't have any type of political representation to sit there and say, well, we're not going to have that. The people that we've elected don't seem to worry about that. They, they seem to be, to be more worried about uh, re-election and those causes. So, again, this is what happens when you don't have certain types of, of representation. The Japanese didn't have those rights. So when, the, if, when, it's, uh, when it's implemented to lock them away for whatever reason, they can't fight. Just like the black American, uh, he's being shot at by the police in this modern era. 
there's nobody on a political level to fight for him because again that type of that type of uh situation is going to needed to be stopped by some sort of of legislation just like internment camps just like slavery those had to be stopped via legislation as opposed to just i guess people just feeling bad for you or people just feeling uh some type of way about it slavery again ended with some type of legislation again the concentration camps ended with some type of legislation the reparations that japanese americans got with some type of legislation so again when when certain people realize that you'll be in a better position now again uh these conditions in these um these concentration camps which is basically what they were were on the level of what was going on in nazi germany uh the u.s for whatever it's worth again they pay these people off but again because it was a clear violation of of uh of war laws it was a clear violation of social rights law so again there's a pattern of that there was evidence of that and people again after over time got politically organized and they made the establishment take note of that so i would be taking notes in those type of situations uh, the order of concentration camps, I'm going to call them concentration camps. I know uh, the term here is internment. No, they're concentration camps. They're basically the same thing. Uh, now, the order was made by President Roosevelt uh, to lock, start locking people up uh, February of 1942. So shortly after a little bit, uh, a, a while after the, uh, almost a year after the Pearl Harbor attack. So we're almost at the end of the war and they decide to lock these folks up anyway. So again, it, it, it you know, I don't see where the American populace was doing us any favors. I, in my opinion, I just thought they were being going above and beyond their their means to be racist and lock people down, just like they're doing today at the border. Again, they're they're locking people away. They're taking they're separating people from their families. Uh, this is kind of the same type of thing. Uh, five thousand five hundred political leaders of Japanese, well, basically five thousand uh, five hundred political leaders, uh, Japanese political leaders, uh, would be arrested. Uh, just you know, again, just for fighting for Japanese rights, just for you know speaking against the internment camps, uh, trying to again push for Japanese citizenship. All these people were being locked up, just like again, you see that with other movements, especially with the black people, you know, especially with black movements, they would lock up Dr. King at many tough points in time. Again just to keep those voices off the street just to keep those voices from influencing others um now the japanese would be completely kicked out of parts of alaska all of alaska and also california as well and this is how crazy the u.s government got in terms of locking these japanese people down and making sure that they had some type of eye over them because again i mean i get it uh, but there would have to be an attack on the domestic soil carried out by China, uh, by Japanese people. There would have to be multiple for me to really feel the need to start locking everyone up. I didn't see that. There was no evidence of that. Again, I just thought they were just taking advantage of these people. But again, in California, a person of just one sixteenth Japanese uh, Japanese ancestry could be locked away that's how so serious this is how this is so serious this is how serious this country was about locking these people up and again i thought it was of course it was again they would uphold this um and they would uphold the internment camps for at least in, until the end of the war in 1944 when the supreme court uh would rule against uh an appeal from fred korematsu so they denied, uh, again, they denied the man's appeal, uh, basically enforcing all internment camps, basically enforcing the, basically locking up. They would go into people's houses, go into people's communities and just start rounding people up, basically, uh, i.e., uh, well, in the same matter of ICE, where they're rounding people up, they're locking people away. That's, that's what we see here. Again, was it necessarily? I don't think so. And again, was it racist? I, I, I think so. I, honestly, I, honestly, I think we're doing that because we're just coming out of the, uh, the, what do you call that? The depression, and we're just we're all everybody's trying to get back into the workforce, and I felt as though again this is the situation where we're dealing with now, where you have white Americans in a situation where they wanted the best access to 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 the resource and to into housing and they don't want to have to deal with immigrants so uh with the with the help of the u.s government 
they took these people out of these communities. Uh, they they claimed that they were under fear and under duress. Like, you know, hey. But the history has shown that whites have been, uh, you know, provoking other groups racially and through violence through the course of them being here. So, you know, again, who is really, who was really the terrorist here? Who was really uh, at fault here? You know, that's something uh, that the U.S. government has. And this is this is funny. And again, um, and I get where a lot of sides come from about, you know, the reparations in terms of black folks, because, again, the U.S. government was able to, to tell that it was wrong in this situation and it was able to, to pass out some type of reparations for this for this situation. And they did acknowledge uh, some of the laws that it broke. And but again, they didn't they haven't necessarily done all that for slavery. And does there does there need to be reparations for slavery? Yes. Uh, but with that being said, at this point in time, I think if we're gonna really make it happen, I think it'll have to be a pro-black initiative. Uh, and 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 I don't think any white people are gonna even come up with any type of resolution or any type of literature, uh, like a like again like a plan to make sure that that happens. I think when you talk about the the. The, and I'll give you some more uh, some more background into some of these situations, like the ending of the internment camps and just these other uh, immigrant advocacy groups in my part eight, which is going to be pretty much an epilogue. Uh, but again, you'll start seeing with these other political advocacy groups within these different uh, groups, these different, even in terms of these immigrant groups, uh, they're pushing again uh, at certain points of time. Uh, they push for certain things. They push for again with the Dream Act. Uh, a lot of people got involved in that, in that, in that realm, in that background. Be the former immigrants. Of course, we already know that the Latino community was involved in that on a political level. So, I think what we're starting to see is many groups are just going to have to take it upon themselves. To get certain things done for them, if they if they truly feel that the, this this U.S. government is overlooking them, then that group is going to have to just take it upon themselves to make sure that it gets uh, corrected. Because again, in the sense of the Chinese, uh, sorry, in the Japanese internment camps, and uh, in the cases of their of their um, uh, what do you call that? I'm sorry, the reparations. Japanese activists, Japanese lawmakers, whatever Japanese politicians were around in those in those time periods, they were vehemently active in getting those reparations. So in this modern day and age, any black elected official, if reparations are something that black people feel that they need, I feel in my opinion, every black politician that feel that that's the case should be coming together, making some coalition, and that should be a part of the agenda. I don't think the white politician or the white status quo is going to make sure that we get paid or we get our reparations. Uh, I think, uh, and again, I'll explain some more of this type of stuff in my epilogue. Just kind of just examples of uh, political advocacy going on uh, for the self and within the community as opposed to reaching out and trying to get it from others. So I'll be showing you guys some examples of that um, in my in my epilogue. Uh, but uh, World War II uh, would not only bring, of course, um, you know, of course we'll be at war, at war fighting, but in, on, on the home front in America, uh, war brings big industry. War uh, brings, uh, you know, updated technology uh update well it forces you to kind of increase the workforce it, it definitely does that which leads me into my next group of people who will find their way into the golden state that being black people african-american people of african descent um now uh, we're also going to talk it's going to be a two-fold part here as well we're going to talk about the rise of the black population uh and kind of uh where they're at uh, up until kind of now we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we're also going to be talking about what brought them here in the industry behind world war ii and why you know why this area especially in this area uh became uh, what it is now. Uh, this is partly how it, it became to be, especially in the northern area of California. We're going to break it down. Now, over the course of the war, over 140 military bases will be established in California, and they will represent each branch of the military. California will also be a hub for manufacturing, whether that be planes, steel, ships, vehicles, uh, mostly, of course, military 
purpose but again this is a big manufacturing area especially in terms of ships 1500 uh, 1500 ships were made in california at least in northern california during the course of world war ii now the ship uh the shipyards of richmond california would uh pretty much produce the most ships for the war effort uh by 1950 california's population would jump 53.3 percent uh from 1940 to 10 million over 10 million people now, black folks, uh, they have a pretty long history within this state. Um, again, their population, I would say, ex would explode during this time, uh, during the World War II uh, period. Uh, however, they, they can trace their roots in California all the way back to about 1850, uh, about, the, about, uh, about the time, actually even a little bit before that, um, before statehood, uh, where you, you can even say the gold rush. Uh, now, Californians will come here uh as free as free people and also as slaves, they would be they would be brought here uh, with their southern planter master or however call however you want to call it. They were brought here, but of course, of course, they were property. But again, uh, again, they would come here as free men, as as like again as slaves. And at the at the time, California would become a state. The black population was at 962. Uh, in the pre-Civil War era, there was a lack of federal law oversight regarding slavery, and it would actually exist in many parts of California, and this included a uh, a statewide uh, fugitive slave law that disallowed slaves to run away even though California was a free slave, uh, was a free state. And it also uh, would allow uh, slaves that might have been left behind uh, to be sent back to the South uh, if they were indeed found in California, if somebody wanted to call them up on that. So again, uh, and, and mind you, we would get some type of citizenship law in the 1870s. But again, where does that get you when you couldn't even testify in court? simultaneously and they were and they had the outright they, they could outright hang you they could outright lock you up this was a constant fear for black americans uh pretty much all throughout the 19th century which is pretty much it see it's not so well again it's not the same as it was then as it is now but there is some uh worry and some weariness in the black community about incarceration and it's still an issue here especially in this state so none of that has ever gone away history repeats itself look at us now how 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 much better do you think california is for black people just being just being real here it's funny because you know you come across you know all these different groups of people and they'll say certain things right me i'm an oregon fan i like or like i like the university of oregon right i like the oregon ducks we all know about this i like the portland trailblazers but it's funny because I have a brother always tell me, oh man, Oregon is such a, especially a California brother or California brother that don't know too much about his history. He'll come up to me and tell me, oh man, you like the, you like Oregon or you like Portland. You know, Oregon's a racist state, you know, Oregon this and Oregon that. I'm like, California is racist too. Did you not, did you not peep it? Did you not, did you, have you not seen it? Did you, have you not read a book? California has just been has is just as racist, if not more racist, than any state you've actually been to. If you if you actually look at what the history, how history had unfolded, it's just as racist as Oregon. It's just as racist as anywhere down south. It's just not as in your face. It's just not. Yeah, it's just the, the KKK aren't as prevalent. Now there's hate groups, but they're just not as prevalent. They're all the way out there in Orange County and in parts of Ukiah in the woods by Mount Shasta, where you can't really see them. It's not like down south. Every now and again, they have a little a little uh, rally at, at UC Berkeley just to piss off the liberals, just to have them get to, to just to have them go off against each other. But, to, but you have to understand, that's all contrived. The powers that be are letting all that stuff happen to see you guys fight it out. That's all they want. They're controlling. They're controlling us from afar. They created. They've, they've established these little hate groups, and they've infiltrated them. And just like they, they, they allowed our groups, our black empowerment groups, to be established, and then they eventually overtook them. Okay, it's all about pitting us against each other because, again, the truly ruling class is those who have the money. It has nothing to do with race at this point. It's, it's about economics. It's always really been about economics. Race is just something they throw out there to get the low-level people to, to, to get mad at each other. 
as long as, as long as they don't have to deal with the black men and white people or let's just say for instance they don't have to deal with a whole mob of people looking ha- having the same goals and looking to go out to go after it the same way as long as they don't have to deal with that the governments that be the the the, the, the banking systems and all that they're not concerned they're not concerned as long as black men and white men, they want to be separate, they want to be separatists, it's easy to, to, to manipulate both of those sides. That's what they've been doing. Let's just be honest here. I know I'm, I'm digressing a little bit, but it's all relevant. It's all relevant. It's all relevant now. Come on now. Uh, now, again, blacks were given citizenship at one point in time, but of course, we already know about them being denied access to vote, being denied access, being denied access to vote. They also were denied uh, access to uh, actually they couldn't even testify in court at one point in time. Black people, it was on federal law that they were not allowed to testify in court. Now, this law would change. But again, in terms of the legal system, how, how far has it really changed? I mean, yeah, we can testify in court, but it ain't like we get the, you know, it ain't like we are treated fairly within the court system anyway. There you go. Now, over time, of course, the black population will grow. And of course, outside of coming from the deep south, the black population will also come from the east coast, like Virginia, New York, and Massachusetts as well. Um, again, one of my uh, one of my relatives all the way back, uh, this goes all the way back to the 1920s in my family. Uh, they actually moved, I want to say, either from, from Washington, D.C., or the origin from of our family, which I believe is South Carolina, and they moved uh, to Compton, California. Uh, they actually moved to Compton, California sometime in the 1920s. They became, uh, I believe it was a principal within, uh, or a some type of, uh, I believe some type of administrative uh, uh, figure within the school district of Compton. So uh, my family has some roots here. And the, again, these black roots in California do go back. It's just that there's a lot of segregation. There's a history of segregation here as well, and a, and a strong and a strong history of racism. Of course, uh, blacks would be uh, segregated in terms of military and civil jobs, including firefighting. They would have their own separate brigades. Uh, they would also be restricting from housing, and this would even this would even be after the war effort. Now, mind you, we were served in the war effort in two ways. We actually were served in the army, the navy, of course, and the uh, air force as well. We've heard about the red tails. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into all that. Because again, it's about what was going on in California. This is we have to keep it back to that. And even in California, blacks would serve the war effort in tremendous ways. They were they were uh, some of the, the biggest. Uh, they were some of the the, uh, the main employees in these shipping yards uh, in the cities of Richmond, in Oakland. They were in the steel mills. They were in again. They had their own firefighting union. Because again things were separate but they did have their own firefighting union uh they did serve the war effort again they were part of the the, the manufacturing of, of military equipment uh, again they were served they were trained here in northern california as well uh so again even you know no matter what the situation was you had an effort and you know this is funny because the american people won't ever admit this and they won't talk about this and i but i think it's something that you know, we need to take into account. During this time, blacks were being discriminated against. We already know about the Japanese American. They were getting locked up and put away. Both of these groups still served to help the American country during this time of what we will call war. Now, I believe now. Now, I'm a believer. Um, this is just me of my understanding and mind you I'm only 29 years old give me some more years on my belt but I'm starting to believe a lot of these wars um, you know I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all the props to the people who served I'm not gonna take away their uh, what they did but I, as far as a as a logistical standpoint in, in terms of why they were why they were even caused or what led them to be caused these were banking wars we've been fighting over uh, rich people's prerogatives in all these wars, there's a pattern of that. But I still, but for what it's worth, people are being used and people are, you know, stepping up and helping, quote unquote, this country. So when black people were constantly, you know, when they were constantly, you know, coming back home and, and dealing with the racism, you have to come through the back door just to get fed. Even though you have a, a jacket that says the U.S. Army, you have these medals on it. You, you you look at the situation a lot differently. 
see i think what what happens is as as a black population as a lot of these different populations do you have a right to be mad at the system you have a right to want to show up and you have a right to want to uh look for changes uh you know i'm i'm a i'm a firm comp- a believer in ask not what your country can do for you but ask what you can do for your country and that doesn't mean you have to serve your country just to serve your country but you can you can make changes to benefit yourself and that's what you know the wartime uh well the wartime effort galvanized amongst black people because again they were risking their lives they risked their lives in both wars matter of fact if you go they risked their lives in the in the spanish american conflict just a few years before world war one they would risk their lives in the civil war they would risk their lives in the revolutionary war so to the, to tell me that these people do not have their access to free or equal opportunity then that's ridiculous the american people have to realize that slavery is a thing that well it was a thing and that uh, sorry, situational racism, not even situational racism, institutional racism still exists. And that's simply what led to what we had the civil rights movement. Now, we're going to talk a little, we're going to definitely talk about that because, again, this was a part of all these different movements. All these people were affected by it. So a lot of times you'll hear in the, in the aftermath of it all, especially these days, day and age, you'll, you'll hear these He's quote unquote educated, or I've I've read I've read all these different books, type of black folk, and I'm I'm so in tune to what's going on. You have these people sneer at what happened in the, in in the civil rights movement. They poo poo that. They said, oh well, they were Marxists. They were funded by these groups and these organizations. They really weren't about nothing. They were trying to create discord, and you have black people say that. But mind you. You weren't able to vote. You were forced to sit on the back of the bus. See, it's easy to say, it's easy to say in this day and age when you can when you just you can just get up. And like I did, I just got up, turned on Anchor, my little app here to record, record myself. And, and, and for others, they are on YouTube already. And it's easy for people to just sit there and, and read, go to these different websites and read these different books written by all these different authors and read all these different sources of information and turn back the time and go back and say, well, really, Martin Luther King was really this. Or Malcolm X was really this. He wasn't really about the black cause. It's easy to say that. But I would imagine... But I would just, I would just, let's, let's, I mean, it's, I, I would love to see those people back in time when they didn't, when they couldn't speak out. When they couldn't even say the little bullshit that they say now, nowadays. You know, it's funny because there's this guy that I appreciate a lot. He's a peer of mine. He, he puts videos out on YouTube as well. And he's a different, he's a different avenue to me. Way different mindset to me. And this is why I respect it. Because we're supposed to respect the different aspects of our community. There's this whole trend, and I think it's funny. And again, I'm 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 getting off my tangent, but I'm gonna lead it back into the civil rights movement. Because again, there's this there's this trend that I'm seeing amongst this new generation. I'm not even gonna call it a new generation of black folk, but you'll see the the older genera- generation X Men, the black men. And it's again, we don't want to see. It's all funny games. It's all, oh, it's all funny games as a brother. It's all, yeah, brother, brother, this and brother, that, brother, that, until you start calling things out. Same thing with the black community as a whole. Now, I'm going to say something here that, I, that, I, that I've been noticing. There's been a pattern here amongst us black men, the, the, the ones that call us, that, that call ourselves astute. We don't fall for the okie doke, the modern mainstream okie doke, and that's all good. But don't sneer on a point in time. Don't sit there and say, and don't try to convince me that the civil rights movement was BS and all this and that and other, when without it, you couldn't even do what you're doing now. Do you think that without the civil rights movement, you can get on YouTube and say anything related to any anything related to a platform that's not shucking and jiving? What I'm saying is you'll see a lot of black men out here saying, Oh, again, for example, uh, this channel that I watch, Chronicles of Judah, I think it's very informative, very, the brother that runs it is very well spoken, 
But I think, again, we get caught up. We read a little bit too much and we don't do enough of this watching and experiencing this. We can easily say now that MLK got got loose or loose on weed and women and, and turned his back against the movement or whatever we might say now. But you're going to tell me that you were okay with being forced to sit on the back of the bus? You were okay with telling me you were okay with not having the right to vote? The civil rights movement not only gave access to civil, well, quote unquote, what you would call civil rights, which in reality, you're right, they shouldn't exist because again, we were U.S. citizens. Which means we were supposed to be given the we see the, this is the whole thing. See, this is the whole thing. We want to look at the situation as though oh, it, it didn't really do anything. It really didn't hadn't done anything. But you had nothing, and you were supposed to. You're a U.S. citizen, so you're supposed to be able to to, to have the right to vote. You're supposed to be given the, able to the right to testify in court. You had equal. You're supposed to have equal opportunity with the white Americans. See, we sit there and we sneer at that. We sneer at that like we were, we were not supposed to have that. And then they'll tell you, I'm telling you, and this is something that I heard on this brother's channel, which I thought was very crazy. He goes, we have to ask the white man for resources and money to make our own currency and police force. How does that work? You're better off. You're better off. We're better off as a community voting for nobody but black people and holding those people accountable for what goes on in the community. If you're going to tell me you're, I mean, because again, these, these groups of people, whether it be your black, the black, his, the, the black Israelite who wants to push the scripture, whether it's the, the, the new, the new awakened black man who's woke and all that, they have all these different ideologies, but they have to say all these things on white media. People say we need to separate. But you're making your videos on a white platform. YouTube is owned by somebody who's not African, non-black. You have to use your mind. This country is made has been made by numerous groups of people. At least if we're talking about how it was truly constructed. Now, we know who runs the, the political structure and that can be changed. The problem is nobody really wants to change it. The, the civil rights movement, which everybody wants to poo-poo at, allowed you to fight that system. It gave you the right to vote, first and foremost. And then in terms of having the right to vote, it gives you the right to represent yourself politically. Everybody will tell you, and you got these black people that tell you, well, politics don't mean nothing. You, you, you ain't going to solve nothing with that. But tell me how the immigrants get laws passed for the, somebody's working for them, right? How does the immigrants get to go to school for free and you don't? Obviously, you're not lobbying for yourself. You're not advocating for yourself for nothing. What, what's going on is in the black community is, is, we're, is we're trying to get people, we're trying to get athletes and white people to see our movement and help our that's not going to work in this day and age if you really want reparations then black politicians need to come together as a conglomerate and write some legislation it's that simple and if we feel like we're in a position where uh we don't feel like the establishment is going to give it to us or allow it to be pushed through then we vote for a new establishment they don't think that that's possible well, it, it's happened, and that's why the corporations keep doing what they do, because they keep putting their people in there. They're having people lobbying in there every day. So if the corporations can do it, then how come groups of people can't do it? Everybody else is doing it, but the black people, they can't do it. I, I'm done with the narrative of looking for attention in handouts and this was going to lead me to my first unpopular opinion i'm done with taking knees i'm done with trying to create scenes for people if people truly feel that they're being discriminated against let's take this to where it needs to go congress the senate the state and local government this is what we do we organize 
at least back then see this is the thing this is this is this is the funny this is the funny thing we 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 in you know the history you know for us the history is in rose colored now it's all it's all gray and now we're taking this whole new look at it oh mlk didn't do nothing for you the the, the black panthers were marxists no the black panthers were infiltrated by the u.s government bottom line is you can sit there and say all the negative things you want to say about the black panthers but children haven't had free lunch in that city since they left you tell me what the deal is yeah okay there there was some extreme events there was a shooting of california officers during that time or whatever there was some race riots yeah but see what what was going on was they were killing our our off our leaders they were killing the people in our own community so what do you do at that point see mlk did more than any of these in, in internet revolutionaries what no matter what side they're talking from i don't care if they're a conservative i don't care if they're a liberal mlk that whole that whole era matter of fact we can go we can go back before them the boy did more than y'all garvey did more than y'all sorry Booker T. Washington did more than y'all. Because it's, it's, we're beyond the point now where we need to take knees in this country. We're beyond the point now where we need Jay-Z to be involved to create some type of social... No, this, this, we need legislation. Social. What is social? Y'all want shit to be socially de designed for you guys. So you don't have to go back. You don't, you don't have to do none of the work. You want the white people just to, to take up for you. You can't do that. That's not going on with these. That, from, the, from the patterns that I've seen. I haven't seen that go on with these other groups. These other groups are not waiting for the, for the power structure to save them. <clears throat> and I know it's supposed to be about immigration. And I talked about black people. But it's, it's immigration slash immigration with an I slash immigration with an E. This is what the country is made of. People who transplanted from here. This is what this country is made of. This is what this state particularly is, is all been about. This is transplants. People coming from the, from the dirty south. As we colloquially will call it. They came from the dirty south. You got people coming from, uh, white folks coming from uh, Europe at one point in time. Then they're coming from the eastern coast of the United States. They're coming from the Midwest of the United States. You got uh, the, the Latinos. This is a moasic of people. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with communities representing who they are. The point is you have to still come together and work in the, in, uh, what's the word? We'll work between the others. What's the hope? That's the whole point of America. This is not a, this is not a homogeneous society. So when a black person tells me, and I don't get, don't get me wrong, I get, I get when a black person, I mean, I get it when a black person tells me, well, let's just have our own. Okay, perfect. That makes perfect sense. Then take up, take over East Oakland, clean up East Oakland, clean up Central Richmond, clean up North Richmond. No, they, they, this is, I'm serious. This is, this is literally what I, what I heard a brother tell me. He's supposed to be a separatist. This, he didn't tell me this. I heard it via his own channel. A separatist. He wants to go to the white people to ask them, ask them to give them to give him land, to give black separatists a piece of land. That's not gonna happen. If black people want to gain some type of control, you know what you do? You shut off by taking back Baltimore. You take you already there population-wise, you already have the majority of people there population-wise. So take over the police force. That's what you do. You take over that police force, you take over that housing uh paradigm. That's what you do. You control that. You live there. You take back parts of Chicago. You take back the South Side. You take, you, I mean, instead of saying, oh, well, the U.S. government is just, let's go to the U.S. government and ask for some land to separate. That's not going to work. And all that, all the people talking about that financial money and we need to have money and we, money, it, it, that didn't stop them from bombing Oklahoma. You know what they did to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. Y'all had all the fun, the money, all the financial backing in the world, but no political backing. So when so when another group decides they're gonna send bombs on you, that's what the fuck they're going to do. 
You need to be you need to be accounted for on all facets. A lot of people don't want to hear this. This is an unpopular opinion. I'm going to start it today. You need to be judges. You need to be policemen. Yes, you do. You do. You need to control your neighborhood, not them. And and we are one of and and this this is the cold part. Black people are one of the biggest groups of people leaving out of California. Why? Well, why do you think? What has Maxine Waters done for us? What 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 legislation has she been a part of that has benefited black people in the past five or ten years? We always bragging about it. We always bragging about somebody. The civil rights movement helped everyone. And again, this is for everybody. This is in this in this next statement here. This might be an unpopular opinion for some, but I don't care what race you are. If it wasn't for the civil rights movement, y'all wouldn't have no rights neither. Now y'all take back to y'all when y'all go to y'all community and y'all talk about black people and y'all beat us down and try to be rude to us. Remember, y'all wouldn't have no rights either. Wouldn't been no wouldn't been no lesbian movement, wouldn't be no transgender movement, wouldn't be no gay movement, wouldn't be none of that bull if it wasn't for us by getting bit by the dog. Getting holes down by water holes just to be able to vote. That see, and this is this is this is why I think all the black people now that want to go against that and want to talk about how it was okay. Well, what you gonna do without the? What would you do without the right to vote? Where can you? Where can you see? This is this see. They don't make no sense. No, I don't care if they're conservative, liberal. I think they all want some type of hug and some type of validation. I'm I'm serious. And a lot of these groups, they're not looking for that. Val- they're looking for validation amongst themselves. That's that's the difference. We're gonna have to talk about it. This is not a, this is not a subject that's gonna go away itself. Again, we have an epilogue. I'm coming back with part eight. We'll be talking some more about this. But just as a synopsis as to where we're at, just as you know, where we're at in terms of California history, you know, again, we made it past the World War II. Uh, blacks arrived from the South. Uh, they were denied uh, many uh, accesses to rights, uh, to, to, well, to just civil rights, meaning testi- testifying in court, uh, uh, protection against the law or from the law. Uh, and so, again, they had to fight for that. They had to fight for civil rights. Again, people can poo poo that all they want to. But they would not be doing what they're doing today without it. Imagine there was no anti-lynching law. These were legislations. And again, this is this is uh, again uh, this was supposed to be about immigrant. Again, it's all about immigration. Black people were a central immigrant into this state with an E, of course. They were essential. They've always been a central figure in this state, no matter what the history tried to tell you. Again. We got a point now, and this is this is not necessarily this is a for the most part, I wouldn't say this is a pro-black channel, but this this channel is a is a it's a is going to showcase to you a a, a a mindset that's truly this is this is this is a now I wouldn't say it's a it's a it's a black it's a channel that's conducted by a black man. So you're gonna hear my opinion, you're gonna hear what I know and what I tell you. I'm gonna tell you the facts first. And I might have I might have slipped in my opinion, but but you definitely make sure you got the facts. And you're going to hear this from my perspective. This is not, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say this is a pro-truth channel. This is not a pro-black. This is a channel in which I say the facts, say, as they, say them as they are, and then I interpret them. Again, when I have guests and all that, it'll be their opinion. We can have our debates, and I'm willing to debate anybody about the validity, the validity, uh, the validity of the civil rights movement, if you'd like. I think anybody who wants to tell me that this was this this was all for naught when they couldn't even when they couldn't even get on the bus, they had to sit on the back of the bus just because. Don't come talk to me about what somebody didn't do for you. I'm tired of black people talking like that. Oh, they really didn't do nothing. They really didn't. They look back on these people now and uh, well, what did you do? And then this is the thing. They 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 poo poo people like. MLK and they revere people like Colin Kaepernick who's already take he's taken settlements he's he sold you out he sold you out when he did the Nike commercial and I'm gonna keep saying it I'm driving the system anybody 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 that wants to talk down about the civil rights movement needs to come see me we can have a deep into we can do it 
Because if you telling me, if you telling me, if you telling me you in a great position now where all you got is a football player, a half, a half, a half one, a half breed that don't really know what's going on, trying to tell you what's what's the deal, and you think you really doing something? No. Whenever when 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 in our community they trying to break down our family unit and we're allowing it to happen. We're allowing we're allowing the destruction of our masculinity when we're allowing it and we're welcoming it? Nah. Now we can we can talk all day. We can talk all day. Cause I'd rather I'd rather be fighting for my civil rights and allow and allow my 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 patriarchy to be destroyed. I'd rather be I'd rather be fighting for mine than to be allowing it to be uh, disintegrated than allowing our values to be disintegrated. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, this ain't over. I have part eight. I have part eight, uh, which is going to be the epilogue. I'm going to be telling you. I'll be showing you guys some issues uh, that we're dealing with currently uh, with the with the with the state of uh, you know uh, immigration. And again, when I when I make a show like this, when I made this series was not necessarily uh, pro uh, immigration. It was more so to bring out the. It was more so to, to actually question really what is immigration. We over here talking about who's an immigrant and who's not when there's people here already here and, and another unpopular opinion, they weren't black. Blacks are not a rep aboriginal. We have a lot to talk about still. And I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna sit here and and and, and turn my back against movements. I'm not gonna sit here and say all that for the for the sake of a like, to sake for the sake of sound bold and woke and awoken and astute. It's not astute to say where we were beforehand was great. It was not great to be a slave. It was not great to not have no rights. It was not great to not have the right to vote. You can you can tell me what you want, but you if without the right to vote, you wouldn't be able to talk your BS about Ma Malcolm X and, and MLK on YouTube if it wasn't for what they did for you. So you can be you can be you can be ungrateful if you want to. You can be ungrateful if you want to, but you need to understand where you at. And this was this was this was the last part of this show. That's what I really wanted to get into again, because California is so much more than just the Latino immigrant experience. This is a whole mixture of everybody here. This is this whole country has been that. This is a this is a teaching. This is a teaching experience. This is not this is not some captivity. This is a teaching experience. You want it to be captivity because you want to still play the victim. You got black people saying, oh, they want to play the victim. They, uh, these liberal black people want to play the victim. But you got these Bible thumpers that truly believe that they were supposed to be enslaved by other people who were evil, just as evil, and turn their back against God just like they did. I don't buy it. This is a learning, this is a learning experience. If you're in captivity because you fucked up and disobeyed the law, that's why. It's not just because this is all about, no, no. Because you are, you are free. You, you, you can be in debt, though. But the whole point is to pay your shit. If you pay your shit, you don't even have to be a debt slave. You pay your shit on time. You pay your bills off. I mean, what you, what you, what do you want? Like, come on, stop, stop it, stop falling for the okie dokes. Everybody gonna tell you too many different. They're telling us too many different stories. What you're gonna hear is one perspective, one perspective only, and I'm gonna keep it solid. I. I'm a centrist black male. I'm an independent voter. I can vote for who I want. Talk about who I like. I can talk down about Republicans. I'm going to talk shit about Democrats too. This is where I stand. I am about, first of all, I am about my personal development, first and foremost. And once I'm personally developed, and when I feel like I'm at a point where I'm like that, I will be developing my family. And once my family's to a point, then I can get to, then I can help the world. Then I can help my community. But my 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 true goals here, my connection with God, my connection with myself and the people who around me who have helped me and trying to represent them on a better light and also in turn helping that community. That's how everybody's mindset should be. I'm just saying. They want to talk about, oh, we got to be separate, this separate. That. First and foremost, y'all want to be separatists. You need to get the black people to be unified first you can't talk about you can't talk about we want to be separate and all that when your people not even equal so again there's a lot to talk about we still unravel in this situation and i'm here to i'm here to help i'm not even going i'm not talking about being a leader i'm a part of the move we we lead this where is no lead we are the leaders we are the movement that's how it's always been that's how it's gonna get done i'm not the leader i'm not out here trying to tell everybody what to do I'm going to tell you what's going on, and I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. How you want to jump into it is, is your reaction, and I love you for it. 
all right y'all i'm gonna call it a break for now i know i've been going in too much uh but again i do not know uh how i want to be presenting things the rest of the week i am working a few more days than usual again i'm going in today i'm usually off today uh so I'm going to wrap this up for now. If you're trying to get in touch with me, hit me up on the email, ljbutler75 at gmail.com, eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on Facebook and Instagram as well at E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is Johnny. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. A D J A N I. I plan to be back tonight. That is the goal to be back tonight to go over some weekend action. If not, uh, then I'll go over some brief, some brief uh, weekend topics on Tuesday morning, along with some uh, actual news that's relevant. We're gonna get past the weekend. We gotta, we gotta move on. Uh, this is this life keeps going. I'm sorry that I was uh, not feeling well, but I am back for y'all. I will be just, I'll be going through my thing and going at my pace, y'all. So I'll holla at y'all when I do. Peace out. One love. See y'all later.